Bibles to the book of Second uh, Chronicles. Let's go to Second Chronicles, uh, chapter number. Chapter number 22 and verse number 10. It is good to be back home with all of you. Thank you for your worship today. Thank you for inviting the presence of God in this place. Please, I know I said it about two or three times. Let me say it one more time. Please don't ever take it for granted. Please don't ever take it for granted. You can go drive into Bethlehem today and you won't feel the presence of God like you feel it right here. They don't have it there anymore. You can drive to Nazareth. You won't feel the presence of God like you feel it right here today. We're a blessed people. We're a blessed people. Second Chronicles chapter 22 and verse number 10. The Bible says, But when Athaliah, the mother of Ahaziah, saw that her son was dead, she arose and destroyed all the seed royal of the house of Judah. But Jehoshabeth, the daughter of the king took Joash, the son of Ahaziah, and stole him from among the king's sons that were slain and put him and his nurse in a bedchamber. So Jehoshabeth, the daughter of King Jehoram, the wife of Jehoiada, the priest, for she was the sister of Ahaziah. Let me just explain what that means. The king of Judah died. Israel is split in two kingdoms. The king of Judah died and his sister is married to the priest. And she took one of his sons. All of his sons were killed by his mother. The king's mother killed all of his sons, her grandsons. And she, the aunt uh, of one of those babies grabbed him up and snuck him out of there and took him uh, into, the, into the house of the Lord where they lived. Uh, he was with them, hid in the house of God six years, verse 12 says. And Athaliah, the grandmother, reigned over the land. And then if you were to look at chapter number 23, and you were to go to verse number uh, 11, the Bible says, Then they brought out the king's son, Joash, that same boy that was saved, and put upon him the crown and gave him the testimony and made him king. And Jehoiada and his sons anointed him and said, God save the king. God save the king. Uh, I'm going to preach this morning from this subject. I'm going to talk to you from ju just a little bit about finish strong. I want to finish strong. Anybody else want to do that? We want to finish strong. God bless you. You may be seated. This is one of the most interesting stories in all of the Bible. It's, um, it's just very, very unique because there's so many moving parts to it. Uh, there is a king in Israel whose name is Ahaziah. Uh, he's king of Judah. Now, as I said a moment ago, Israel had been torn into two different kingdoms. When Solomon died... He had a son by the name of Rehoboam. You had King Saul. You had King David. After King David was King Solomon. And when he passed, his son Rehoboam comes to the throne of all of Israel. And uh, Solomon had put, begun to put quite a burden on the people of Israel. He had put a tremendous tax burden on them. And he had worked them very, very hard. 
that they would build his cities. We got to go to one of his chariot cities, uh, the city of Megiddo. And uh, that's one of the ones Solomon had built to house all of his, some of his horses and chariots. And if you ever read about Solomon, you can read about those cities uh, in the Bible and how many chariots and horsemen and all that that he had. Um, some advisors came to his son. They said, your father made things very tough for the people. If you will lighten their load, then they will love you. And they will serve you. And you'll have no problem with the people uh, giving their loyalty and allegiance to you. But if you keep this up, you're probably going to find it's going to be a hard time. And the young advisors came to him and they said, don't listen to those older advisors. Uh, What you need to do is you need to really assert yourself here. And you need to tell them, if you thought my father was tough, you haven't seen anything. He whipped you with whips, but I'll whip you with scorpions. And, and he, was, he asked this of you, but I'm going to ask something so much greater of you. And that's the advice he wound up going with. He did that. The people re- revolted, and the kingdom was split in two. Um, and you had Israel, which was the northern kingdom that had ten tribes. And you had Judah, which was the southern kingdom, which had two tribes, which was the tribe of Judah and the tribe of Benjamin. And that is, the, that is where Jerusalem is, and that is the uh, throne of David that the Lord had promised David would always be in his family. And so um, that, that's what happened. So years later, uh, this man Ahaziah is ruling. He's ruling over the throne of Judah. And... Uh, Ahaziah was a wicked king. The Bible said he followed in the footsteps of his father. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. Um, I, would, I would remind all of us today that we always have people who are watching us and following us. And they see how we do and they see what we do. And it would behoove us that we would give a good example to the next generation of what it looks like to serve God. It would behoove us that that we would show them what it looks like to be faithful to God and consistent to God and and to to not uh, shirk our duty to make the Lord the king of our lives and the Lord of our lives. Amen. Ahaziah followed the example of his father and did evil in the sight of the Lord. And he was killed by a man by the name of Jehu that God raised up in Israel Uh, He was killed by Jehu. And when he was killed, and his mother heard of it, her name was Athaliah, she said, said, I'm going to take the throne in place of my son that is now killed. And she said, the way that I will do that is I've got to kill out all of his progeny. I've got to kill his children. So she gave the order that all the children of her son, which would be her grandchildren, were to be murdered. And they begin to murder her grandchildren. It is a sad day when people will do such a thing for their own interests and, and desires. And I would always tell you, uh, I'm just going to preach through this story a little bit at the beginning. I would always tell you that we need to always make sure our motives and our heart is where it needs to be. That's, why, that's one of the reasons we make... We make it a regular occurrence to come to the altar. 
Because if I don't come to the altar and I don't respond, things tend to get built up in my heart. Have you ever noticed that? And I don't mean for it to happen. I don't want it to happen, but it just seems to happen. I get calloused. I, I, the Bible says every once in a while you have to break up your fallow ground. You've got, you've got to have somebody plow you. And, and the, the, the soil of our hearts can become hardened. And we've got to break up our fallow ground. And the best place I know to do that is right here at the altar. And that's one of the reasons we come here. And we make sure our hearts are right, our motives are right. Otherwise, we will find ourselves doing horrible things. Horrible things that we never could have imagined. And there are people today who are so far away from where they once were. And it's simply because they quit coming to an altar. They quit coming to an altar. And Athaliah became that kind of a woman. She did this horrific deed. But while they were doing this, while they were running through the king's palace, seeking to destroy all of his children, uh, the king's sister, who was married to the high priest, she went in there and she grabbed one of those boys by the name of Joash, one of the king's sons. And she took him and ran and hid with him in the house of God where they lived. And uh, it was unknown to Athaliah and... For six years, they raised this one. He was one years old when he went in there. He was an infant. For six years, they raised him in the house of the Lord, unbeknownst to Athaliah. At the end of those six years, the priest, his name was Jehoiada. He had become a father to Joash. Jehoiada got some of the people who he felt like were still loyal to the throne of, Israel, uh, of Judah. And he said, I want you to join me. And what we are going to do is we are going to reestablish the rightful heir to the throne in his place that he needs to be. And so uh, we're going to go up to the temple on a certain day. And on that day, I want you to have guards. We're going to protect all the entrances. And we're going to have guards set up. And I'm going to take this boy. And I'm going to bring him by one of the pillars. And we are going to announce and crown him king of all Judah. And when we do, there's going to be a shout go up. And when we do, Athaliah is going to seek to, to fight back. And we've got to be prepared for that. And they, they do this. They follow his plan. And they set him at his place at the pillar. He's now seven years old, Joash is. And they blow their trumpet. And they make their proclamation that Joash, the, the son of Ahaziah is now king in Judah. And Athaliah hears of it. She hollers treason. She begins to go there. But they take Athaliah and they kill her and they destroy her. And now Joash reigns on the throne of Judah. I preached a message about it years ago. I titled it, maybe some of you remember, some of you won't. I titled it Children of Promise and Kings of disappointment. That message is the story of Joash and what happened to him. At seven years of age, he became the king and he was raised by that great high priest, Jehoiada. And the Bible said that he was a great king for a while. For the longest, jo Joash was such a tremendous king. He said, uh, I've been living in this temple now for six years. 
in the house of God. He said, and I see the disrepair that it has fallen into. I see the breaches. I see the cracks in the wall. I, I see the things that have fallen down and been broken. He said, I see all of this, and it's time that we fix this. And so he put the priests to work, uh, raising the funds and, and charging them with the task of repairing the breaches of the house of the Lord. At one point, he said, it's not right that all these idols uh, survive in Judah. And we can't really serve God like we're supposed to as long as we've got all these other idols in our lives. So we're going to have to get rid of these idols. And he sends them out into the land and they begin to destroy idols and they begin to uh, break down images of Baal and altars to Baal and and kill the priests of Baal and all of these things. They tear down the high places. It was quite a time for the people of God because everything was turning back toward the Lord. Isn't that a great day when God starts something new and God says, I'm going to restore some things that have fallen by the wayside? Isn't that a great day? In this room today, there are people that some of you came from such a background. You, uh, you remember the glory days, if you let me say it like that, of Solomon's temple. And, and then some things happened and we went through the years of Ahaziah. And we went through the years of Athaliah. And then something happened in your life and God said, now I'm going to do a new thing. I'm going to restore some things in your life. And, and you began to see some breaches begin to be repaired and and some things that you thought were broken down and could never come back together again God said I'm going to allow those things to be built back up and and I'm going to allow all of these things to be restored to their rightful place of importance oh thank God for every act of restoration that he has ever done in our lives Oh, thank God for how he has healed us spiritually. How he has healed us down deep inside of our souls. I thank God for it. I thank God for it. I was thinking as I was dwelling on this message and I knew what I'd be preaching. I got to thinking I, and I questioned in my mind. I said, I wonder, this has been such a great year for this church. It's been a great year for this church in every way. In every way imaginable, this has been a tremendous year collectively in this church. And I got to thinking, I, I said, God, we've had so many powerful services. And I've seen you do so many wonderful things. And God, we have seen notable miracles happening and taking place. And it's been incredible what all you have done, Lord. We have so many testimonies to tell of. And, and, and it's just been outstanding what we have experienced and I thought in my mind, I said, God, I wonder what all things you started in somebody this year. I wonder in what services that we had where your presence began to move. I wonder what you did in some people's lives. I can think back and remember some of those services. I can remember some of you and watching you as the presence of the Lord overwhelmed you. And, and, and something began to happen on the inside. I remember a service just a few weeks ago. God did some amazing things in this room. And, and I just got to thinking of all the things God started. All the things got started. And then I remembered this story. And it was almost like the Lord spoke to me and said, Tell them not to become like Joash. 
And I went back and I started studying Joash. And the Bible said Joash was a great king for a while. For a good while, he was a great king. Destroyed those high places. Brought down images of Baal. Uh, fixed the house of God. Turned Israel and Judah back toward living for the Lord. Did so many wonderful things. But the Bible makes this little statement in chapter number 24 and verse number 15. It says, but Jehoiada, that's that priest that raised Joash, but Jehoiada waxed old and was full of days when he died. A hundred and thirty years old was he when he died. And they buried him in the city of David among the kings because he had done good in Israel, both toward God and toward his house. Now, after the death of Jehoiada, came the princes of Judah, and they made obeisance to the king. Then the king hearkened unto them. When Jehoiada, when that man of God in the life of Joash died and passed off the scene, these princes came and he began to listen to them. And the Bible says in verse 18, And they left the house of the Lord God of their fathers and served groves and idols, and wrath came upon Judah and Jerusalem for this their trespass. Yet, he sent prophets to them. Notice this. To bring them again unto the Lord. And they testified against them. But they would not give ear. Joash was that young man that started so well. But when that voice passed out of his life. He made a wrong turn. And I could read you his story, but I don't have time to go into all of it. But he died a horrible death. He, became, he was a child of promise, but he became a king of disappointment. And everything that God had done through him, he undid at the end of his life. And he was a man who started well, but he did not finish strong. And I felt like the Lord spoke to me and said, tell Sanctuary Church that I've done some amazing things in their midst this year. And you tell the people that you pastor, you tell them that the God who started things in them is also the God who wants to finish them. And what I have begun, I have begun a good work in them. And if they will let me, I will continue to perform it until that day. But if I'm going to perform it, they've got to stay with me. And the people who started running with me in 2018 are going to have to finish with me in 2018. You tell them that we've only just begun and it's not time for any of them to quit. It's not time for any of them to feel overwhelmed and let go. It's not time to be weary and well-doing. It's not time to lay down their sword. It's not time to lay down their promise. It's not time to lay down their word it's time for them to stand up and make up their minds that though hell come against me though an army encamp around me I won't quit I won't give up I won't stop I'm holding on to what God has given to me I'm going to hold on to what God has given me because 
What God has promised you can't come to pass if you don't stay with him. You've got to stay with him. Paul wrote to the church at Galatia. And he told them in Galatians chapter 3 and verse number 3. If you could give me that scripture. Galatians 3 and verse number 3. Paul speaks to this church. Uh, that is beginning to experience some problems. This church that began well. He said, are you so foolish? Having begun in the spirit. Are you now made perfect by the flesh? You church at Galatia. You who had something begun in you. By the spirit of God. What has happened in you? It wasn't the work of any man. It wasn't because somebody told you something. It wasn't because somebody gave you money. It wasn't because somebody gave you something tangible you could hold on to. He said it was my spirit that came to you. That New Testament church in Galatia that feels the same presence of God we feel today. He said I gave you something through my spirit. And he said you began so well. And do you think you're going to get to this point after having begun well. And you're going to be able to finish in your Flesh, what started in my spirit. He said, it's not possible, Galatia. It cannot happen, Galatian church. It is not going to be, uh, it's not going to be an end that you want. You've got to make sure that whatever God began in the spirit is what ends in the spirit. If God started something in you at an altar, God's going to finish that thing in you at an altar. You cannot get to this point. I can't preach this like I feel it right now you cannot get to this point and we cannot get here and say look what God has done and think we're going to keep on in the ability of our flesh and our talent we've got to know what it is to get a hold of the spirit of God we've got to know what it is to get a hold of the spirit of God what spiritual work did God begin in you this year That you're attempting to finish in the flesh. What spiritual thing did God begin in you? That you're trying to get it finished in your flesh. You've quit praying. And you've quit studying his word. And you've quit fasting. And you've quit giving. And you've quit being faithful. And you've quit doing all those spiritual things. And all those things I just mentioned are spiritual things. You've quit doing spiritual things. Maybe it's all of them. Maybe it's one, two, three of them. You've quit doing the spiritual things. And you're trying to survive in your flesh. You think you got this thing under control. You think... You can handle this thing. You think that if you just that if you just do this here and you do that there, you'll be able to accommodate the things that the Spirit of God used to do for you. But this pastor gets on his knees this morning to tell you, you cannot do it yourself. You can't finish this in your flesh and accomplish what God wants to accomplish in you. Joash, God called you to a great purpose. Joash, God put a great calling on your life. God raised you up, Joash. God spared you. There's people under the sound of my voice this morning that God has spared you. Do you hear me right now? I just tapped into the 
into the the vein of the Holy Ghost. That was a word from God. There are people in this room right now that God spared you this year. God spared things about you this year. God spared things that are important to you this year. It was nothing less than the hand of God that came over your life. You better hear me. I'm I'm preaching with a prophetic utterance right now. It was nothing less than the hand of God on your life this year. God put his hand on you. God spared you. And you think you're going to get to this point and you're going to quit your praying. You're going to quit your worshiping. You're going to quit your being faithful. And you think God's going to allow you to get this thing fixed and worked up and and wrapped up in your own ability. It's never going to happen, Joe Ash. You're going to die a miserable death, Joe Ash. It's going to be a spiritual death that you're never going to want to see. But if we can get to the place where we say, God, I may have drifted a little bit but God I know what you began in me in 2018 and I refuse to let it die I know what you started in me this year I know what you spoke to me this year I know what you spared me from this year and I will not get here and let it go any further God what you started in the spirit I want your spirit to continue Let your spirit continue to bring it to pass. Psalm 63 and 1. You don't have to put it up there. Just get it ready. Psalm 63 and 1. So the question is this. How can I remain close to the Lord? How do I stay connected to the spirit of God? And what he spoke to me. What he's done in me. What he's fulfilling in my life. How do I remain connected to the spirit of God? Of God. Here's your answer today. They sang about it a while ago. Come under the rain. Come under the rain. You need, you need the rain of the Spirit of God to begin to pour over you. We need the rain of the Spirit of God to begin to fall on us. We are dry. We are parched. We've had a full year. There's been a lot of great things happen. It's been a banner year for this church. But in the middle of a banner year, there's a lot of things we fought too. And there's a lot of things that have come against you too. And you've experienced heartache and you've experienced loss and you've experienced turmoil in your spirit and in your body and in your families i know what some of you have walked through this year there's people in this room that have buried their loved ones and they're having to go through their first holiday season without them by their side that's hard to do There's people in this room that walk through the darkest valley you ever walked through. And my wife and I have tried to walk through some of those valleys with you. And be in prayer with you. And stand with you. And I know the valleys some people in this room have been walking through. And it's been a hard, hard thing. In the middle of our rejoicing, there has also been weeping. And I am telling you today. 
It is too easy for our ground to become dry and parched and fallow. And it is time that we step under heaven's reign. And we say, let it rain on me. Let it rain on me, God. Let it rain on me, God. Brother Bill, if you would come help me this morning. We need to be praying that right now. God, let it rain on me. God, the things I've walked through this year. Lord, don't let me get dry. Don't let me, don't let me get to the point where I'm not uh, connecting with you as I ought to. Lord, let it rain on me. Psalm 63 and verse number 1. O oh God, Thou art my God. Early will I seek Thee. My soul thirsteth for Thee. My flesh longeth for Thee. In a dry and thirsty land where no water is. Notice what the psalmist said. He said, my soul thirsts for You. But God... Beyond that, my flesh longs for you. Because my flesh understands this morning that it cannot finish what your spirit has started. So that's why this morning, this, this, this old carnal man, this old carnal man, I hate to burst anybody's bubble. I don't, I don't walk in a Holy Ghost cloud all the time. I, if you thought I did, I appreciate that. But it, All you got to do is ask my family. They'll tell you. I don't walk in a Holy Ghost cloud all the time. I don't walk under that. I don't walk under the rain cloud all the time. And sometimes I find myself dry. Sometimes I find myself in a thirsty land. But I pray to God. I always remember this scripture. That Joash forgot. If Joash could have just remembered this. Joash you cannot finish in your flesh. What was begun in the spirit. If I will remember And if my flesh will long for him. If my flesh will long for him. God will send the rain into my life. And there will be soft ground. The fallow ground will be prepared. So that God can begin to turn up all that soil. And God can finish what he began in me. I don't know about you. I cannot speak for you. But as we close 2018. And we've just got a few weeks left. And I'm beginning to look back. And take inventory over my life. This year. I want to finish strong. I want to finish strong. I don't want to have the testimony of Joash. He started well. Oh foolish Galatians. Who hath bewitched you? What makes you think. That having begun 
in the spirit, you can now finish in the flesh. Heed the story of Joash. Learn the lesson. Avail yourself of the rain. And let the Spirit of God renew you day by day. In this room today, we are so very blessed. And I feel, I feel the Holy Ghost in here right now. Why don't we just bow our heads right now? We are so very blessed. I cannot overemphasize how much I mean this. The liberty in the spirit that is felt in this room right now is a liberty you cannot feel in Jerusalem. Because there is so much conflicting spiritual ideology and activity taking place. But you sit in this room today where there is a tremendous liberty. We felt it as we worshipped earlier we can feel it right now as God moves in our midst. And I'm telling you today, you have an opportunity before you that is so wonderful. That God says, I'm not done yet. I know we began something, but you're not there yet. And we're going to have to get to the point. Please just excuse me right now. I feel very inspired. We're going to have to get to the point where we understand that God does not do everything in our lives He's going to do in a matter of moments. And you're going to have to quit thinking it's all going to get fixed in one trip to the altar. That's why I tell you we come back and back and back. You're going to have to avail yourself of the continuing presence of God in your life. And that is what he wants to have happen here today. Somebody that has gotten to the point where you said, I just pulled up a little bit thinking that he had done all that spirit stuff he was going to do. I could finish this out on my own. You can't finish it on your own. It's not possible. But if you will let him, the Lord will give you another touch today. That's going to take you another step down the road. And next Sunday, he'll give you another touch. And Wednesday, he'll give you another touch. And, and when you get up to pray Thursday morning, he'll give you another touch. God will make sure you have what you need if you will let him. Your flesh already knows what it needs. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land. Your flesh already knows what it needs. It's simply coming to the realization and submitting yourself to the will and the presence of God. And if you are in this room today and you would like to join this pastor in submitting yourself to the will and the presence of God, I invite you to stand with me right now. And step out from where you are. And make your way to the front of this church. And say, God, would you allow there to come 
a little bit of a shower on me this morning. Let there be a Holy Ghost shower that begins to fall on me right now, God. I may have worshipped earlier, but God, I've, in this message, I've been awakened to something in my life. And I know I need you. So God, what my flesh has been crying for, I'm opening myself up to right now. What, what I've been feeling, I'm opening myself up to right now. And I'm asking you, God, would you begin to let it rain on me? If you would this morning, I'd love for you to step out from where you are. Make your way into an aisle somewhere. Maybe you, wanna, maybe you just want to move forward into a row that's a little bit closer. But why don't we begin to call on God right now. All of us in this room need a renewed spirit. All of us in this room need the shower of the Holy Ghost to begin to fall upon us. Would you lift your voice right now? Cry out to the Lord. Be an open heaven that would come over this altar right now. Lord, I pray right now, if we had eyes to see in the Spirit, as you open the eyes of the servant of Elisha to see an army surrounding a city, Lord, I'm praying, if our eyes were opened right now, we would see a cloud that is beginning to allow raindrops to fall upon us because you've come to rain on us this morning, Jesus. And we receive it right now. If you receive that, I want you to cry out to God. You're going to feel it. I said you're going to feel it. You're going to feel it. I feel the rain. Feel the rain. Come on. Come on. That's it. That's it. There's an outpouring taking place right now. 